the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is hour two. Dos mas. Now that means two more. <laughs> Uno mas. <laughs> One more hour. Just trying to be international here <laughs> on tonight's Andrea K. Show. Don't forget you can download the podcast if you miss any part of tonight's Andrea K. Show. You can download the podcast wherever you get your pods. Email me at andreakshow.com. AndreaKshow.com, continuing on with uh, this man, the guy who who sat in for me and did an amazing job on Thursday and Friday night while I was out. He is my sidekick, my partner in crime. He is the yummy, tasty, nutritional, always good for you, DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame Broccolini. Ooh, glad to have you back. Uh, <laughs> it's always fun filling in, but I'm not dynamite in a dress, so I'm glad that you're back. Well, I'm glad you ain't never, I've never seen you try to wear a dress. <laughs> so that never. is a good thing, my dude. <laughs> <sighs> Very good. Um, you know what? Before we get into, uh, I, I want to make mention of... Um, Iowa, before we get into the Michelle Bachman stuff, because um, nobody's nobody's talking right now about Ron DeSantis, right? We've got the, we've got an Iowa caucus coming up in a few weeks, and it's like has somebody nobody apparently has told Ron DeSantis that he's lost. Okay, <laughs> right? Um, one of his top strategists at his super PAC has resigned ahead of the Iowa caucus. Um, but, you know, and, and I think that uh, the, the message is, um, well, actually, he has a message. He's done a lot of interviews. He's been doing a lot of media the past few days, going on places like Morning Joe, um, trying to compete. It's like he thinks that the only person he's competing against is Nikki Haley. And um, neither one of them, yeah, they may be competing with each other for, you know, freaking frack, thing one and thing two. But as of right now, Trump's polls, he is now up to like 70%. He keeps increasing. The longer they stay in at Sesame, the higher his numbers go, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it seems that way. And I don't know what the analysts are telling him or what the consultants are telling him, but I have... I'd be curious to hear what you think on this, because I got two well, two theories for DeSantis. Either he's in denial or he legitimately maybe he's looking at the data the wrong way or maybe he thinks it's like golf where you want your score to be as low as possible. But I assure you, it is, it is not. <laughs> no, it's not. It could be that he's got never back down painted on the side of the bus. And it's like, well, how, how do I how do I back down now? You know, you did you did some bad branding. It could be that, you know. 
Um, maybe he could come out and go, you know what? I just, I got to confess y'all were, I, I, you busted me on the heels in, inside the cowboy boots. It's, it's time that I stepped down off of my high heels and moved on and just do a mea culpa. I don't know. His top strategist has backed out uh, going into Iowa. His name is Jeff Rowe. He said, oh, shoot. He says, I can't believe it's ended this way. I'm so proud to have worked alongside these men and women uh, at NBD. Never back down 24-7 the past nine months to save the country. Good luck the next 28 days uh, and a wake up. I'm so sorry. I can't be with you. Da, da, da. So, um, so he, you know, Jeff Rowe is, is the big money guy. And, you know, when you're top... Um, he said, I cannot in good conscience stay affiliated with the never back down, given the statements in the Washington Post today. They are not true and an unwanted distraction at a critical time. Um, there was some, you know, people criticizing him that they were mismanaged. And, you know, so basically there was a lot of unhappiness and shakeups going on. And I mean, because it's it's been a disaster for them. Right. And so as the infighting has continued and gone public, um, people are are leaving and basically what they are is rats leaving a sinking ship to just kind of spare you all the gory details because nobody's really interested in the sausage being made in a, in a failing campaign, right? Uh, this is the food truck that you go, that it's there and it's like nobody's in line at the food truck. Have you ever been at these in like food extravaganzas where there's all the, you know, food vendors there and food trucks and there's always like lines at some and then there would be this poor food truck dude at the end who's like got his family's recipe on the grill and like nobody's buying it right (laughs) that's nobody's nobody's gobbling up what Ron DeSantis is putting down but I want to play the clip uh from him because he's been doing the rounds on media and I think it's it kind of I think it's kind of interesting because it's kind of his closing pitch for the state of Iowa, if you can play that, Sesame. Last question for you, too. 30 seconds. Give your pitch to Iowa voters as, as, as why you're the man for the job. You got your signature. There we go. It right there. Okay. Well, one, uh, we need the president that will fight for you. Uh, I will do that. I have a history of doing that in the state of Florida, whether it's fighting Fauci during COVID, uh, fighting for the innocence of our kids. We also need a president that will win for you. And yes, win the election. And I've shown I can do that in record fashion in Florida, but win on all these issues. And I'm the only one running that's delivered on 100% of my promise and will win, win, win. Finally, leadership. I will put the vision, I'll execute the vision, and we will restore this country to the greatness that it deserves. I think that was 30 seconds right on the dot. All right, Governor. All right, hey, thank you. Okay, so he he nailed the timing, and the rest of it was evidence of why, in my opinion, his campaign never got off the ground. Your thoughts, Sesame? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on this. I don't... I don't again. It was I don't generic. Yes, yeah, blah just, blah blah. Boilerplate. Exactly what you expect yes. from a politician. I'm going to fight for you and try hard. And here's the here's the thing, though. I think the sort of Achilles heel. You know, it, it really, it really. You can see in this clip just based on what he says. He thinks that winning by a close margin in Florida after redistricting an already red state is the same as being able to win at the presidential national level 
when you're competing mm-hmm. against an entire Democrat Party DNC machine that will malign you, smear you, go after your friends, your family, your business associates, or your neighbors. The kind of stuff that if they turn the heat that they throw at Trump on DeSantis, I think he'd fold in a second. I don't think he mm-hmm. would fight against that. I really don't buy it. I think there's only one man who's proven to the American people that he doesn't care what they throw at him, and it's Trump. Right. And that's what the polls right. reflect. People are excited They're, about right. Trump. They're just not excited about you, DeSantis. I'm, I'm sorry. It's I wanted there things no, to turn out right. better for him, but people just aren't excited about his message. They're not. There's nothing authentic. There was nothing genuine there. His whole message is, I'm going to fight for you. And, he, and he's, you know, I, I have been more passionate in ordering a taco plate. You know, um, I, I was more passionate ordering some food this weekend at a restaurant that I was at because I was digging what was on the menu and I was excited to get the food. OK, this man is, I mean, completely flaccid. And so to me, it's to, and then on top of it, he was in an interview today uh, where he was talking about Jan 6 because there's so much more breaking news. There was a woman today who's been arrested by Christopher Ray, and it's been almost three and a half years. And all she did was walk in and walk out. The the way that this weaponized government is literally dragging Americans in so that they can just get conviction, conviction, conviction in order to terrorize MAGA voters. We're going into an election season and they want to set the stage to where they can steal the election. And then if you dare to speak up about it, you're going to be scared. It's going to it's the message is shut up or be locked up. And all he said today was, well, Trump could have pardoned all the Jan 6 defendants. Well, first of all, there's there's different legally there's different views on that legally. This was imagine you're Trump and you're two weeks from being no longer in office and you're going to give a blanket pardon when you don't know what the hell happened. This doesn't even make sense. But by the way, even if Trump could have. That's all he had to say was criticize Trump for not giving a blanket pardon. He has never been forceful. He has never been passionate when it comes to ending the weaponization against the against the American people. And the reason why is because it's to his benefit. And the reason why that the deep state is to his benefit and which is why he's still in the race is that he is counting on this deep state to lock up a former president for having done nothing wrong so that he can step in and take the take the primary and that makes him completely disgusting and odious to me because anybody that wants to take it wants to benefit from the deep state is never going to be a proper representation to me and protect me from it i've been questioning for 3 years when he was doing good in covid and people were talking about him running for president i said i got to know where he stands on the deep state it had been weaponized already at that point for years before the Jan 6 weaponizations. I said, I got to know where he stands. And he has proven to me over and over and over that he's all for it as long as it benefits him personally. He had a chance. And he and, and something else is he also, I can't be convinced that he can win in a general election because he doesn't understand his own weaknesses. And if you don't understand your own weaknesses and you're not prepared to do something about it, you 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 have to know. And his weakness is lack of charisma. And he needed to understand that. And he needed to, to be strategic enough to ride Trump's coattails in as VP and then step in after that. That's how he won in Florida. Trump got him over the over the win in the first run for governor. And then through his work, he was able to win reelection. 
that's enough on DeSantis. Somebody that the Republican Party ran out on a rail was Michelle Bachman. Michelle Bachman, years ago, had tried to warn the American people as to how the Muslim Brotherhood had infiltrated our U.S. government. We are now infiltrated with all types of Islamic terrorist sympathizers and Islamic terrorists themselves, like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. She made some comments, I believe, at America Fest that was taking place over this weekend that had to do with Gaza. And we're going to take a break. We come back. I'm going to play this. And, and then Sesame Broccolini, you and I are going to have to discuss it because it's I'm not sure what to think about this. Stay tuned. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. Before we get to Michelle Bachman's comments in her clips, just to catch you guys up on the college CEOs and president story, you know, the ones that went and defended calls for genocides against Jews. Claudine Gay still has her job at Harvard. Kornbluth is still in her employed uh, position at MIT. And um, I guess the House is going to do an investigation, but the left is, and, and as, as well as, I guess, Jewish Democrats, uh, in large part as a voting bloc, are going to continue to stick with the, with the Democrats. And the indoctrination and the success of the indoctrination into the young minds in this country um, is shocking. There's a Harvard-Harris poll out today that says half of young Americans say Israel should be, quote, ended and given to Hamas. What? Yep. This is uh, 51% of 18 to 24-year-olds in the U.S. want Israel to lose to Hamas. That sentiment decreases significantly among the higher age brackets in the monthly Harvard-Harris uh, poll. 31% of 25 to 34-year-olds um uh 24% of 35 to 44 50, so as the older you go um like only 4% of Americans age 65 and older say Israel should be wiped out 13% of 55 to 64 15% of 45 to 54 so the younger it goes the higher the percentage and to me that is directly as a result of the indoctrination taking place in our schools and in our media. In comparison, an overall 81% of Americans support Israel over Hamas. So support between the two sides is split evenly. Um, um, so it's um, among the 18 to 24 bracket. So 15% of 18 to 24 year olds want Israel to be wiped off the map. They are terrorist sympathizers. Think of that. This is this is also the age group um, that doesn't really know anything about 9-11, do they? In the 20 years, we don't even talk about it. And when we do, we pray for the dead. We don't talk about the cause of it. We don't talk about that it was Islamic terror. It's never discussed anymore. The videos aren't shown. The images aren't shown. The United States of America has switched sides in the war on terror. That's where we're at in this country. 58% of respondents aged 18 to 24 say Hamas should be removed from running Gaza. The same group displayed contradictory views. I'm not going to get any more than that. So some of them at least see a difference between Hamas 
um, at, at, or, or on the side of Palestine against Hamas. But the problem is, is in these details, because 90 something percent of Palestinians are on the side of Hamas. So what's happened here is that the indoctrination is clever and is deep in, in, in the fact that, and I'm not sure I'm explaining this very well, um, they've done a good job of convincing young people that Islamic terrorism, just like George W. Bush did after 9-11, that Islamic terrorism was all about one man and al-Qaeda, that it wasn't about an ideology. And the same thing is happening with Hamas. When they're ignoring the ideology of the special interest aliens that have come here across the country, uh, come here across our border from, uh, you know, over 100 terrorist infested countries are not necessarily members of Hamas. They're not necessarily members of Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram. There's a million different groups and they're all under one banner. And that's Islam. So. Michelle Bachman was discussing it at the Am America Fest, which I believe is still happening. I think this is the final day. And here's what she had to say about Palestine, Sesame. The money is flowing in for Gaza. All the money is coming in from Iran. And that's, that's what the people of Gaza are. They're basically hide mercenaries. That is their industry. Terrorism is their industry. That's why you have more miles of tunnels, Charlie, than you have the New York subway. Because they have one industry in Gaza, and that's terrorism. So it's time that Gaza ends. The two million people who live there, they are clever assassins. They need to be removed from that land. That land needs to be turned into a national park. And since they're the voluntary mercenaries for Iran, they need to be dropped on the doorstep of Iran. Let Iran deal with those people. Wow. She's always been bold. Um, hard to argue with her when, when there's two million people there and 90-something percent of them are on the side of Hamas when um, Jews were and hostages were taken into, into Gaza, they were violated, tortured, strung up on poles and celebrated by the Palestinians. There were Palestinian children that uh, participated in the slaughter. There were uh, the video after video after video shows that in the schools there, they're teaching um, even after October 7th, uh, doing skits and teaching children and raising them to want to kill Jews. It's hard to argue with her. There's no way that this is going to be won by Israel going in and trying to cherry pick and winning because you take down one Hamas terrorist and a Palestinian is going to take their place. Am I wrong? Is Michelle Bachman wrong? No. I mean, it's not it's it's obviously not a pretty suggestion, but no. we're in desperate times and that calls for desperate measures measures because you're right. You can cut the head off off of this snake that we call Hamas, but there will be other groups. There are other groups. Gaza's full of other of other folks who would probably line up and, and wage jihad or are already doing that. And that's to say that there is an ideological aspect that unites all of these groups. So the best we can do I think in part is containment strategy, quash these groups militarily, do everything we mm -hmm. can to suffocate them, um, to isolate them from the world market, 
to stop any black market arms dealers or or traffickers that might be recruit you know luring in the next recruits or next generations. And in the meantime, we have to make their we have to diminish their presence as much as possible, and we have to do it soon, rapidly, mm-hmm. because every single mm-hmm. day that goes by. We know that Hamas is bragging about how powerful they are, how they poke the bear and nothing has happened. They frame us like a paper tiger. You can poke mm-hmm. and poke and provoke all you want, and we won't strike back. We've got a bad rap for weakness, and weakness invites aggression. So as far as I'm concerned, yeah, it's it's not pretty, but welcome to the dangerous and tough realities of foreign policy. I mean, it's right. like, Look, in the way Israel's I think about never, it is the right. sooner we quash Hamas, the more lives we save as well yeah. at large. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. the humanitarian and the right thing to do. We have to quash this group. They're genocidal. Their founding yeah. charter calls for genocide. It's they're, yeah, but, they're, but, they're, but let's talk about the Palestinians. Are they innocents in, in, in this? They're all for it. They're about, about from the river to the sea. Hamas is Hamas is fairly new. Let's talk about, I mean, has Israel, have they ever been safe over there as a people? No, they've never been safe. No. No, because there's incompatibility because Islam is not compatible with any other religion. Let's just be honest about it. Correct. Islam requires conformity that they're not interested in this melting pot or assimilation or tolerating each other. Tolerance, all that. That's stuff you find in the Christian world. Tolerance, love, inclusion. Allah doesn't make room for inclusion of diverse mindsets. Allah wants everybody to submit. And that's what Islamic Jihad is about. Yeah, and this stupid Lindsey Graham is trying to push a two-state st- solution. They've been. The point is that they don't want Israel to exist. Correct. That's the issue. They have to be wiped out. And I, I thought I, I also thought that Bill Maher had some interesting um, some interesting comments uh, about Palestine that I think is is provocative and worthy of discussion. If you can play that. And finally, new rule. I know it's supposed to be that magical time of year, but maybe what we all really need right now is a good dose of realism. I see a lot of nativity scenes when I'm out, as you always do before Christmas, and I can't help thinking about where that manger really is. It's in the West Bank on Palestinian land controlled by the Palestinian Authority. In 1950, the little town of Bethlehem was 86% Christian. Now it's overwhelmingly Muslim. And that's my point tonight. Things change. To 2.3 billion Christians, there can be no more sacred site than where their Savior was born. But they don't have it anymore. And yet no crusader army has geared up to take it back. Things change. Countries, boundaries, empires. Palestine was under the Ottoman Empire for 400 years. But today an Ottoman is something you put under your feet. (laughs) The uh, city of Byzantium became the city of Constantinople, became Istanbul. Not everybody liked it, but you can't keep arguing the call forever. The Irish had the entire island to themselves, but the British were starting an empire, and, well, the Irish lost their tip. (laughs) They... uh, They blew each other up over it for 30 years, but eventually everybody comes to an accommodation, except the Palestinians. Yep. Wow. <laughs> right? Wow. Great They're ending. the problem. 
Wow. They're the problem. Everybody else but the Palestinians. And isn't it interesting that the Democrats are so on board with them? Because the Democrats have partnered with the Islamists for conquest. In the end, though, only one is going to survive. And the Islamists pretty much can guarantee. So the, the, you Democrats, are you, you're, getting in, you're getting on the train with the Islamists. Eventually, somebody's going to be shoved off, and they intend for it to be you. But that's who the Democrats have partnered with against us, and they're teaching that to the kids. I agree with Michelle Bachman. Israel's not going to win this by, by targeted strikes trying to take out Hamas. And look, they've ended up killing three of their own hostages, which is absolutely devastating. Turn Gaza into, into a beachside, take two, send, two million, send the two million to Iran. They share the same ideology of hatred to Israel. And I say turn uh, Gaza into a beach, uh, you know, make Dubai look cheap. That's what I say. All right, we're going to continue this discussion. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. We're going to take a break. Come on back. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Sesame Broccolini, have you ever gone to New York City? I have, actually, but it was an unpleasant uh, experience. Oh, it was? Because one of the things, I've been there a few times, and um, I had a gr- one time I was there with mama and sister, had a great trip. Um, I've never been there during... Um, over Christmas, where there's the skating at Rockefeller Center and the lighting of the Christmas tree. That's like quintessential New York City, right? So I've I've never done that. That's been something I, I've always wanted to do. What was your bad experience you had? Uh, I just unfortunately got horribly sick while uh, I was there and oh no. was pretty limited in what I could do. But it was still mm-hmm. it was still cool to be there. I was in Manhattan. I saw mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a little bit of a little bit of the Bronx. It was it was cool to be there. I did I, good food while I was there, and it was lots of interesting stuff. It was April though, and it was pouring rain the whole time for like a week. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, I you know I think that it's it's a city that's being destroyed by Democrats, and it makes me sad because you know it after especially after Rudy Giuliani cleaned it up, just a magnificent city. Um, I and and I found this clip today of Mayor Adams, and he, here's his. Um, you know, I thought it was an interesting sales pitch uh, from him, like on behalf of the Chamber of Commerce and uh, how great New York City is and what you what you get to experience when you're there. If you can play this clip. Mr. Mayor, we've come to the end of what was a very eventful 2023. Right. <laughs> so when you look at the totality of the year, if you had to describe it and it's tough to do in one word, what would that word be? And tell me why. Uh, New York. Uh, this is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center to a, a person who's celebrating a new business that's open. Uh, this is a very, very complicated city, and that's why it's the greatest city on the globe. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
like New <laughs> New Orleans saying, you know, oh mayor, how you know how wrap us up for this year, New Orleans. Well, it's New Orleans, man. You know, you can come here and eat some beignets at Cafe Du Monde and get shot in the face. At a Mardi Gras parade. You never know. <laughs> Russian roulette every you time never, you go down to New Orleans. Yeah, you never know where you're going to be covered in powdered sugar in your face or gunpowder. <laughs> <laughs> what the? What the, huh? <laughs> this is who Democrats vote for. How do we not win more elections? Don't, you can't convince me our elections aren't stolen. Because no, how did this person get legitimately elected? Because <laughs> uh, he's competing with people like Bill de Blasio. <laughs> That's how, which is even sadder. I can't believe somebody voted for Bill de Blasio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, big cities always have crime, right? Um, so, you know, I they think do, but not like to- this. Look at the videos right. of New York City's bustling streets, even Wall Street right. in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, yeah. even the 60s. I mean, I know in the 70s and 80s you had some crime spikes and some trash, and Giuliani really did clean up the city a lot coming out of the 90s, mm-hmm. so fair enough. But yeah. go back and look at the bustling New York City and its prime in the roaring 20s. The streets are clean. The people are well-dressed. This is collapse. This is particularly, yeah. this isn't just run-of-the-mill, oh, well, you know, things happen in big metros. It's like, no, this is, this migrant crisis kicking out veterans out of hotel rooms to make room for illegal aliens who refuse to eat your own sandwiches that you hand out to them on the taxpayer yeah. dime. This is especially terrible. And it's decades of Democrat-only rule in the city. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and and what's astounding is that Democrats never seem to connect the dots and go, you know mm-hmm. what, I'm not going to keep voting Democrat. Some do, um, but, uh, you know, not enough do because they keep voting Democrat. So uh, some of that has to do with the media influence and not getting the truth and the fact that the average American or, or you know, voter um, just isn't paying enough attention to, to the real issues. Um, yeah. Mayor Adams. It's that or they're convinced that somehow the opposition will be so much worse because, again, the media, the media tells them, oh, well, you think things are bad now, but you put the Republicans in power with their law and order and their refunding of the police departments. And, oh, no, things could get really, really terrible. And at the same time, you have so many establishment people around that just act like the problem isn't fixable, like it's rocket science. They say the same thing about the border. Oh, well, we need reform and then more reform and then more reform. This is really hard to figure out. It's not that hard. You want to lower crime in New York City? Start throwing mm-hmm. criminals in prison and get rid of yeah. Soros-backed DAs like Alvin Bragg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, the criminals are, by, by and large, of color. And so the new reparations is that they don't have to be accountable for their crimes because they're committing crimes because they're victims of America. That's the play. Right. Um, And, you know, who else isn't getting convicted uh, 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 is the Biden family. Today, we've got reports that uh, daughter Ashley is um, uh, tax dodging. She, um, I think, owes at least five thousand dollars in back taxes. Now there's an, an article um that uh, that she um was 
it says, meet the Bidens, a tax-dodging daughter, an access-selling brother, and a sister-in-law flush with foreign cash. So there's even more coming out about the family every day. Uh, apparently, uh, the brother, there was an article out today that the brother, um, James, is that his name? He actually is caught on audio tape selling off influence while, while being recorded involving another investigation. So I'm trying to get, I'm trying to, I, I saw that article and I haven't been able to verify it because I want to, I want to hear the audio myself. Um, but, you know, I, and meanwhile, Lindsey Graham went out on the talk show circuit over the weekend saying that there's, that there's no smoking gun involving Joe Biden and money. He actually said that. And then he tries to, and then these Republicans, whenever they try, whenever they decide to give cover to their Democrat buddies and the elites, uh, then they try to talk tough. You know, they try to minimize the issue and act like they're really trying, they're really looking out for us. So he goes on, um, uh, Lady Graham goes on Meet the Press this weekend and says, you know, if there was any there there, if there was any smoking gun, we'd be talking about it all day long. James Comer has been talking about it. He's been doing videos every day as he gets more in, as he gets more evidence out, like direct payments coming from Hunter's Wasco company that's obviously money laundering directly into Joe Biden's bank account. That's called a smoking gun. But Lindsey Graham, the Republicans kicking her teeth, he goes on there and says, what I'm more concerned about is the terrorists coming across our border. Well, how about we focus on both? I hate that false equivalency argument, Sesame Broccolini, that we can't focus on both enemies, foreign and domestic. And Joe Biden and his family are domestic enemies. Am I wrong? No, not at all. Lindsey Graham is the one who's so completely in the wrong. He's either lying through his teeth or he's actually deluded himself that there is no evidence because like you said, James Comer is out almost every day at this point with more checks, text messages, emails, mm-hmm. bank records. And I'm sure there's a lot more where that's coming from. Buckle and now up, there's Lindsey supposedly Graham. an audio tape, right? And now there's supposedly an audio tape of James Biden influence peddling mm-hmm. on tape in as a part of another investigation. Yeah. Makes me wonder when there was this selfie about Lady Graham showing up at the Senate showers, if there might be some truth to that. And because I've long said that these Republicans, the reason why they don't come out hard against the Democrats is because they've got their own skeletons in the closet that they're trying to uh, ensure are covered up. All right, we're going to take a break. I need to go shower myself after talking about Ladybug Graham. (laughs) That's such a great nickname for him, isn't it? All right. It's very fitting. Yes. (laughs) All right. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. <laughs> we knew it was coming, Sesame Broccolini. We knew it was coming. A new study, a peer review study, says human breathing contributes to global warming. <laughs> <laughs> 
Of course. It's not just Cal. Where does, but where does this line up in terms of on a scale? Is our, is our breathing worse than cow farts now? I guess my I just, breath yeah, is always like what's fresh. The, what's the ratio of one human <laughs> exhale to one cow flatulate? Exactly. It's a study published by in PLOS One titled Measurements of Methane and Nitrous Oxide in Human Breath and the Development of UK Scale Emissions. Um, somebody said here they've, they've embarked on a quest that epitomizes the absurdity of the current climate change discourse. Um, well, of course, because um, uh, the, it ultimately, uh, it, you know, the Great Reset in the New World Order um, is all run by a bunch of people that think there's, you know, we got a population problem. It's perfect, right? I mean, I hate to get all conspiracy theory, but when it starts adding up, because when you say the climate change is the greatest threat facing humanity, and now you say the, the cause is humans, what's, what's the, where, where do you go from there? The slippery slope keeps getting more and more slippery. It's it's a doomsday mm-hmm. death cult. It truly is because, and by the way, people have been saying this for a while. I mean, obviously there's been plenty of environmentalists who falsely predicted that we'd run into issues with overpopulation, like Paul Ehrlich, who wrote The Population Bomb in 1968, who said that mm-hmm. we'd run out of oil and made all these claims that never came true. But it's just so clearly a doomsday death cult. You know, we have 10 years or less in order to radically change all of our ways and what we eat, we got to start eating bug burgers and wearing masks and start using digital currency. And we can't vote in Mm -hmm. elections and no more ID at the border. It's like all of these conveniently, you know, um, tied together Marxist goals are, I think based obviously based on lies about what's really going on with the climate and with weather and the actual science. I, I guess I'm not surprised because, they keep saying, you know, follow the science and trust the climate experts. But if I trust those same experts like I did the COVID experts, then things are definitely not going to work out well. The expert class is not infallible. And so when I see something mm-hmm. like a peer-reviewed journal, what I wonder is, are these really just partisan academics who signed on to a really shoddy mm-hmm. study or a really shoddy yes. piece of research? Of me, there was 104 volunteers. Which is which is like not even a sample. That's yeah, so like, tiny. <laughs> and they gave 328 breath samples. And I don't know what these people are eating. Right? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've been around a lot of noxious breath in my life, uh, you know. And it, it, and and who are the people conducting the this research? Greta Thunberg. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a funny meme about her over the weekend and it was her and they had put an African American face over over you know with her pigtails and it said uh when when uh, Hollywood makes a movie about Greta Thunberg and yeah she'll be re- she'll be replaced with an African American actor <laughs> one of the one of the statisticians uh, a statistician said uh, Dr. Matt Briggs said the first question that came to my mind when I read this breathtaking research was how could people be this stupid <laughs> it's been known for a, a while that man exhales CO2 the amounts were also on the books ask any doctor who graduated before the woke struck medical schools you can't stop people from breathing could it be could it really be that these academic experts want to reduce the surplus population to cut down breathing and save us from the ravages of global warming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Breathing is bad for your health now. <laughs> it's a it's a weird way, but I kind of see this current what I, I could see it from the Biden regime, but 
somewhere down the road, I, I think that there's there's going to be a conversation in this country about trying to limit the size of families or communities. I could even oh, see yeah. the Democrats proposing a Maoist one-child policy, but in the name mm-hmm. of climate change and combating it, which is just well, such, they're achieving. Right. Well, they're achieving depopulation with a trans movement, recruiting children into cutting off their parts, leaving them sterile. That's one way in which they're cutting down on the population. Um, And you're right. Uh, You know, the left loves communism. uh, And and another way that they've cut down on is by convincing young people that that things are so dire with climate change, they shouldn't have children. Mm -hmm. So they're they're already pushing that from... Uh, just a belief ideology standpoint, so it wouldn't it wouldn't be far fetched uh, to think that they would uh, come up with a regulation on that. Um, hat tip, by the way, I've already got a nominee for Hero of the Week. We talked about the satanic uh, display at the Iowa State House, I believe it is, and a f- I don't know if he's retired from the service or active duty, but he tore down that satanic. His name is Officer Cassidy. He tore down that statue of Satan and 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 which to me was a great move. Uh here's the sick part of the story. Jenna Ellis, the brain dead bent known as Jenna Ellis, came out and said that Christian nationalist who uh, you know wanted the Satan satanic display taken down are the same as Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Did you hear that? I did not, but that's disgusting. That's truly mm-hmm. disgusting. Yeah. Because it could now be she less did. true. I mean, it, people think and it's it's so it's so frustrating, but people for some reason people think freedom of speech or expression means that we're obligated to defend evil. Um and an ideology that wants to subvert Christianity in a Christian nation. This is about what is good and what is bad. This is a battle between good and evil, what is right and what is wrong. We should, and it's as simple as this. The government and the people who live here, we should be defending and protecting what is good. We should be anti what is bad. And that includes Satanism and, in my opinion, liberalism and many other things that you see coming from the, from the political left where they just, for some reason, they want to attack goodness and they want to promote people to be the worst version of, of themselves, but that's what you get from from Democrats, and that's why they perfectly align with Satanism. They want you to give in to vice and to avoid virtue. They want you to run toward evil and away from what is good. And the way they do that is by attacking Christianity. And I thought Jenna Ellis was a Christian, right? She claims to be. She claims but here's to be, the right? thing. Yeah, but here's the thing, and I don't know what's in her heart and her mind, but what she is is on the DeSantis uh, team, and and so she's lashing out. About um, and and they're, they, the DeSantis team has been defending when the satanic display went up, there were calls for Republican governor of Iowa to tear down the statue. She defended it as a First Amendment right. She since she endorsed DeSantis now in or they have defended her by defending the satanic display. So she attacked Christians for wanting the satanic display to come down because if because they needed to defend the satanic display to defend the Iowa governor who had endorsed DeSantis. Do you follow? Mm-hmm. It's a political move. Yep. If they had come out against the DeSant come out against the satanic display, then it would have been a bash against the Iowa governor and they're trying to prop her up so that her endorsement would be meaningful going into the Iowa caucuses. 
Okay. But yeah. it, but it didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work. And in one of the, and, and, and so much so that DeSantis had to come out and defend the guy who took down the statue and shame on uh, the so-called Republican governor uh, in Iowa for, she refused to even speak out against the display. Shame on her. We're going to always defend what's right in this country and we're going to fight for it right here. 6 to 8 p.m. every night on the Andrea K. Show, me and Sesame Broccolini. Thank you to the listeners. Email me at andreakshow.com. Download the podcast wherever you get your pods and be right back here tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.